Welcome back to the Bald Guy Beer Review, episode 14. We ain't dead. No, Alan, in fact, we're not dead. You got the bald guy here, Chris, that's me, with the bearded bald guy, Alan. What's going on? What's going on? We're, we're, not, alive. we're not dead. We're still alive. Yeah, we may be dead inside, but we're very much physically alive. Um, I'm actually quite alive inside. Uh, apologize for the hiatus to all 12 to 15 listeners. Uh, I think our metrics show that we lost three listeners due to inconsistency. Yeah, we, we, we had some life issues come up, you know, some life extensions, some different things occurred. But for whatever reason, we're back now, and you're hearing that sound, which means we have a beer review ready to go for you. Yeah, so this one probably won't be a super long episode. It's just some chilling, some catching up. I uh, hope everybody's holidays were great. That was part of uh, part of our thing. Uh, Alan and I both do the Easter yeah, uh, but e- even if you don't do Easter, it was still holiday time. I think it was like Passover, and what, yeah, Ramadan, Ramadan as well. Yeah, so you April, know, yeah. the East, the East. You know, you get all the little holidays going on there. Yep, and understandable. Then, and then uh, I had the birth of my first child, so kind of have to put the podcast on hold when you have a kid. Yeah, that's. I I, I guess we allowed that to occur. You're just obliged to do certain things. It timed well because I had a wisdom tooth out and I just blamed you for not having an episode. Yep, there's that. And then I also had to go to Texas, but now I am back. Uh, Don't like the El Paso area. It was trash. (laughs) It literally feels like you're on the bottom of an ocean that dried up millennia ago. And not to mention, I didn't realize, I mean, I guess I could have if I simply looked at a map, but I didn't. I didn't realize that Juarez is like, like you, you literally can, can throw a rock to Juarez from El Paso. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you could easily jog there. Uh, Juarez, the most dangerous city in the world, if you're not tracking. Not a not a fun place to be. I mean, I wasn't there to sightsee. I was there for business only. And actually, uh, because when you go through a mobilization process in the army, it's like you're going right back to basic training. Like I couldn't be in a car. I couldn't be out of uniform. I couldn't drink. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that I just couldn't do while I was there. So there was no going to Juarez for for your boy. Yeah, I don't think there'd be any going for, to Juarez for your boy, even if you weren't on those restrictions. That is fair to say. But I did go to Texas Roadhouse in Texas. Yeah, I, I, I guess I would also do that. Yeah, I wish I had, uh, you know, stared down the craft beer, but I didn't. I I just blocked it out because I couldn't. I knew I couldn't have it, so I was like. We we were just recently in a bar in Fall River, and we sat at a table, and they had a to-go license, and they had a craft beer cooler that we literally stared at the entire time we were there. I did not succumb to the pressures, but uh, my friend did and left with a four-pack as he was explicitly told, do not open it here. <laughs> nice. They did have a good selection, I'll say that. They, they must have, like... Um, a couple agreements with some people because they had a lot of um, second, I think second something. I can't think of the name of the brewery, but they had a lot of that. They had pretty much a good selection for a random dive bar in Fall River to pick up craft beer. Yeah, I know we've talked about this before. Maybe we should dive into it a little bit later, but maybe maybe a later episode. Uh, but I wanted to make mention again, my goodness, like the craft beer selection in places – it's just out of bounds. Like we talked about places like Candia first stop, yep. but I completely forgot that on Candia Road Brewing, you get the Candia Road convenience. Exactly. And like they have 
metamorphed. I mean, I'm sure they've been like that for a while. I just haven't been in there in like 15 years. But the last time I was in there was like your normal shop. It is now almost exclusively like smoke, vape, eat a sub, and get craft beverage of some kind. Yeah, that was that was one of the first ones for a little while after Burt's. They had picked, stepped it up, but not to the level they have now. And while you're away, there was also big news for the town of Hooksit. Uh, there is going to be the second location of the Packy right off of Exit 10 next to the subway. Well, uh, R.I.P. Burt's, you're done. I only have to drive past that every day going home, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, well, so today we are drinking, you know, I don't know, I guess if you're in the New England area, it's an oldie but goodie. But it's an oldie with a twist, because that's what we're going to talk about. Yep. Um, we're, we're talking about Fiddlehead IPA, the Fiddlehead Brewing Company out of, is it Sherbourne, Vermont? I'm not 100% sure the town. Shelburne. Shelburne, yes. I'm thinking about Sherbourne, Massachusetts because of Storm Along. Exactly. Yeah. Shelburne, Vermont. Um, they've been around for a while. Don't know the complete history of the company. Um, won't kind of go in there uh, now, but these ones, man, this beer... I would consider it so six point two percent. It's like a golden straw yellow. Yeah, I'd say it's a yellow to like yellow orange, but it's it's a cloud of haze. Yep, it's got a nice like white frothy head that dissipates yep. into a into a pretty sweet lacing. Very well crafted, and this is one of my favorite IPAs right now. I've been really digging these. Um, I'll say that they actually probably. This is probably one of the top standalone, you know, like their flagship IPA of a brewery. This is probably one of the top ones, I think, right now out there. Well, so I remember like this used to be like a, dare I say, a big wedding beer. For yes. some reason, like people, like well, every was, wedding I went to, people had Fiddlehead. Well, it was it was mainly put out in kegs in the past, and well, the so, cans were the, the COVID pivot. Yeah, so this is where, um, again... I don't know the complete history of this, the timeline. Everything is is completely messed up in my mind. I don't know anything about it. It's so always had some cans, but it was primarily like the big draft push. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought this beer was almost exclusively like what you were saying, like whatever percentage, yeah. high percentage of like. But you could still find it in cans, but, but it wasn't. Vermont. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't getting the can of this. No, thing. You, this wasn't like a New Hampshire can you were finding. You, I think you actually would find second fiddle slightly more than the regular fiddlehead ipa for a time way back in the day yeah so i'm clicking around looking at our uh the, the beer here on the website but yeah so for the hops man this one i really dig it because it, to me this one's like the dank ipa you know what i'm saying yeah it has that like um i don't know it's like the terpene style but it's still like, it's still not like a dry your mouth out IPA. It's still got the juicy vibe, even though the flavor notes are dank. You're not getting like the huge citrus. You're you're more towards the other side, but it does have, in my mind, it ha- I have some citrus notes in there. Yes. Um, trying to find on the website here, can't really find it. Anyway, uh, anyway, Fiddlehead IPA. We really need like Joe this. Rogan's assistant here to be googling yeah, this Jamie, for us. Yeah. So. We need a Jamie. So anyway, the one thing that I really dig about this as well is not only is it now like just rampantly available everywhere in cans, but you can get it super fresh here in New Hampshire. The cans we're drinking today, they say Doniac 4422, canned at one in the afternoon. 
um, and they're 16 ounce pounders, um, which is awesome. And then you can also get the supersize pounders. They're not double pounders. They're like 19, but they're like the, they're, they're the same size. They're basically the same width as a 16 ounce can, just taller. So they're kind of like natty daddy size is what you're telling me. Yeah. And you can get those in the singles. I, I've been digging those. I picked up like two. Just this, this is news to me. I'll have to look out for those sometime. Well, so so I found those at um, the uh, Candia Road Convenience, and I also found them uh, at the Candia First Stop. I think a lot of it too is I don't normally look at the single single selection. I usually look at the four packs, so that probably mm-hmm. could be partially. Well, anyways, I really been digging this beer lately. The reason why I like it is because I think it has a high drinkability at six point two. It's really hopped nicely. I just I'm a huge fan of Dank Hops. I'm pretty sure we were talking to Seth about that. I can't even remember. This is like episode one. Yeah, we, we've had a few we people about. we talked to about like the the hop and the different preferences. But I will also say that this is a consistency on draft, at least in the New Hampshire ninety nines, and they'll pour you a tall boy of this. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, I'm just seeing, we have not reviewed this, I'm pretty sure. We haven't. We've we've actually talked about it when we've talked about um, kind of like go-to beers, because if there's no real like strong craft options and this is there, this is always what I go for. Yeah, that's safe. That that's If I want an bet. IPA. Yeah, 100%. Man, it's just so good. Like honestly, it's, I could keep crushing these. Yeah, they're on they're on draft a lot of places now. Like a lot of the main chains, a lot of like the beer places. It's it's probably one of the more common ones you're going to see now and just the quality of it is still pretty great. Well, so the other thing too I want to talk about what kind of sets it apart as we've talked about where it's still hazy, yep. but it's not the juice bombs. Like we talked about this where it's like, oh, "Okay, hey, you're doing Mosaic. Hey, you're doing Citra. Hey, you're doing galaxy hey you're doing nelson like you're literally just doing any kind of combination of those hops therein and then pairing it with clever marketing and creating a hazy beer and they're like boom you're part of the craze but this is not so we we stopped at on our way to uh the girls ball hockey tournament this week and we stopped at a brewery and they had 22 options on cans and 14 of them were ipas and of those, I think eight of them had Citra and then some variety of Galaxy or Mosaic, which, you know, I'm not going to complain because I do like it, but it was, you know, pretty pretty blatant similar stuff. Are you ready? Yes. Complete bozo. What? Simple Google search. The hops used in creating Fiddlehead IPA it's are C- Citra. Simcoe, Centennial, and... See, but I like Citra. Citra. That's, the, those, that's those tailing juice notes in there. Yeah, like it's that the that's the initial citrus before it crushes into the dank. So Centennial is one of those Simcoe and Centennial are like those two OG hops. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure though the dankness. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure the dankness that we're tasting is from the Simcoe. I was going to say Centennial Simcoe. Is like Centennial is like that old school like put a bitter yeah flip on it. There's so that's pretty much balanced. a lot of people will grow Centennial around here. Like if people are growing hops, like it's an easy one people have. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, now that I've looked at the hops that are in it, classic hop styles widely available makes sense. It's their flagship IPA. That also makes sense. But I think what makes this one so unique or uniquely good is I feel like breweries nowadays just kind of. And I'm, I'm talking shit. 
I'm talking shit to brewers, man. I think you guys are lazy. I think you just smash stuff with hops and you're not really super concerned about the interplay because you know what the creative marketing and the can art is just going to sell. Where this one, I think, this is a little good, bit... You know, just steady can art. It's got nothing super flashy. It's... No, but what I mean to say is, like, the actual yeah. flavor of the beer, like, it, the blend and the percentages that they're putting it in, the timing, everything's well done on this So one. I think I actually want to bring something up about this, that this beer at one point changed to what it is now. Yes. What we're drinking right now is not the fiddle ed IPA you had four years ago. At a wedding. Yes. On draft. In yes. Vermont. And I and if you simple, like if you go on untapped, scroll way down to some of the older ones, you're gonna see a different beer. It's gonna look clear. It's gonna look sip of sunshine like. I don't know if the hops changed or maybe they just stopped filtering it, but it was a different beer than it is right now. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know what? It, here's the other thing, too. It, the hops might not have necessarily changed, but you can use the same three hops. But if you go citra, I, like this one different to me ratio, doesn't. Different ratio, different part yeah, of the Yeah, this boil. one doesn't taste citra dominant to no. me. And if they reverse the rolls, you'd get a little bit more of like that fruitier orange. But instead, you get like the dank with a nice little bitter pop from the Centennial. And that's the other thing, too. Like, we don't even know what's used in what. Like, I you don't know. Boil different yeah, parts. I will argue. I will argue that the majority of the hop flavor that you're tasting, the the bitterness that you're perceiving is coming from the primarily from the boiling hops. Yep. And that like upfront flavor you're getting is mostly from the dry hops. And that's why I was saying like from my days working in yep. the brewing industry, kind of knowing how brewers got around this stuff. Like literally adding the mo- the most minuscule amount of perla hops at the beginning. And boiling them for 60 minutes, like compared to what we, we literally, you're talking about like maybe like not even a pound to bitter. And then you're like smashing with dry hops. So yeah. pretty much there was almost no purpose for the bittering like at all. So it just depends on, on what it, yeah. On what the ratio. Is. No, exactly. But, but yeah, I, I think it is a different, no, I no, I know it is a different beer. Yeah. It doesn't look the same. No, you can pull the pictures up and, and, it and it's, I think even some of my friends have been like, I didn't like Fiddlehead IPA. And then I saw like a check-in from you or somebody else. And I was like, that wasn't the same beer. And they pulled up their pictures. And if you side by side them, it, it was like night and day, just the picture. So, I mean, there's probably something changed in the process and almost all breweries will do that. They'll evolve the recipe over time. Mm. refine it, you know, as they learn different things about the brewing pattern. You know, maybe they decided the trends were towards hazy, and they're like, we'll skip a step from filtering it. It saves us time, makes us money. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, that's unique with Fiddlehead is primarily being a draft-only beer in Vermont. Yep. You know, you're going to pour it into the glass, so as soon as you change the appearance, people are just going to know, or they're going to think something's wrong with it, right? Yeah. And then they'll taste it and realize there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, that it's a wonderful beer. But I think it helped them being draft only and being limited and then doing the pivot. Like basically whoever was the mastermind of pivot. Well, I think you have to, you have to do what is going to, I mean, you had to right that. now, or you were going to, you were just going to die. There's not enough home drinkers that are going to buy kegs for you at the same rate restaurants will. Right. And so the pivot to go to cans and then I don't know if the pivot to change the recipe was at the same time or just before that, but either way, the combination of the two is taking this beer to a whole nother level. Yeah of popularity and notoriety. Like 
again, like I think that I had had beer nerd friends that had heard about it. But when you think about Vermont, you don't think about Fiddlehead Brewing Company. I've I wrote them off as like, you know, something that eh, I guess I'll have it here or there. And we were up in Concord at the Red Blazer and the beer selection was fairly slacking. And I think it was like around like winter ale season for a Sam summer or like the Sam seasonal, which is usually my go-to when there's no real good craft selection. And they had Fiddlehead IPA, and I'm like, you're right. I'm going to go for that. And I was like, holy fuck, this is pretty damn good. Yeah. And I was like, where have you been? And then I looked, and I was like, yeah, seems like they've changed some stuff. Yeah, there's a good article on um, breweryshow.com about Fiddlehead and the owner, Matt Cohen. Um, it's at www.breweryshow.com slash fiddlehead-brewing. Uh, check it out. Um, I haven't read it yet. It looks like a good article. It kind of takes you through the timeline. Um, yeah. And it looks, yeah. Anyway, great, great beer. So let's get into it. Yeah. Right. I'm, what, are you, what are you going with? I'm going to give this the Raymond Bork 7.7. Wow, the Raymond Bork 7.7 from Allen. Yeah, I mean. Might be a little high. Might be a little low. I don't know, but I felt like that's right where it belongs. Listen, man, I'm I'm going crazy with this one. I'm going crazy. I'm going eight point one. See, I I'm not even gonna argue with with that because I could see it in the eights. I'm like high seven to me was pretty strong. Um, I think if you really think about it, I think I just drink this based on our schedule. I just drink it out more than I pick it up. Yeah, so that's the thing, and that's the difference. I have been picking this beer up. This is a four pack that I've bought. But I have also bought two of those aforementioned like super tall boys. Yeah. Um, at a time. And now I've that I know those super tall boys exist, that's a pretty solid choice. I've bought it on two sep- uh, bought the super tall boys on two separate occasions. I would also highly recommend I haven't had my first hit out of the spring um, for yep. just doing overnight camping out in the bush. Like I like to go like, you know, not I, I wouldn't call myself a minimalist. I definitely go out there with yeah. some gear. But I go out there and I travel light. Usually my ruck's about 30 pounds, including food and beer. So it's like my equipment is is, – is... This equipment's about 10 pounds, 20 pounds of beer. Yeah, exactly. And Maybe so, 15 pounds of beer, 5 pounds of food. Yeah, those super tall boys, though, those are the ones you're going to want to take <laughs> out there. Um, I don't know. If I was going to the store to pick up just a couple uh, – yeah, if you're going to have a couple, that's I was going to say that's actually a great thing for that tall boy because, you know, maybe instead of having two, you have that one super tall boy. Yeah, it's definitely good for um I don't know. I don't want to advocate cutting out. back but not really drinking a ton. Yes, it is like the perfect happy medium. So instead of like buying a six pack and then you're like well, I drank four and I'm full, but I'm never going to see myself drinking two. So I might as well finish them <laughs> off. Instead yeah. of finding yourself in that situation, you drink one of these freaking things and then you have one more to take down. And now you have options. You can be like, well. Yeah, you're like, I drank two, but essentially it was three. Now they're IPA. So that was a six pack. Let's call it a night. Or you can drink one and be good and be like, True. well, now I have one other big one. And that also pairs well with you if you have a four pack. And you want to drink one of the four yep. pack and then the super tall boy because now you're at two and a half, but you're not quite at three. And you didn't because once you open the can, you know it's, it's you got to finish your plate. Yeah. Like, I agree with you. So I'd like you to. You can't take... have any pudding if you don't eat your meat. <laughs> That's, that is correct. That is correct. So, so I'll actually say I, I went. So the next beer we'll drink, I actually went looking for Storm Long Cider and they did not have the ones Bright said we should have. 
listen, man. So here's here's some uh, as I wear my uh, Captain Alfred Bulltop Storm Along T-shirt. You should know Storm Along has got champagne problems. So I went on their website and I looked up where I could find them, and I went to multiple different locations where it said I could find them, and they weren't there. So do you know what I discovered for New Hampshire? And if I didn't have so much cider in my refrigerator already that we have to drink through, you can ship that straight to your door in New Hampshire. You absolutely can. I actually have a promo code for Storm Along. You get 10% off your first online order, but that's for another podcast. I'm a little upset that you've held this this promo code hostage from me. Follow me at Bozo6Actual on Instagram and follow my – you'll see where I get tagged in the other podcast. Shout about Jack's Rangers show, Phil Harris. Uh, All right. Follow, it's the New England Free Jacks fan podcast. So, Storm Along is also the official cider of the Free Jacks, I would like to add. Can I just ad-lib for a second how freaking cool that was, man? That's so, pretty sweet. So no shit. There I am. I'm like unemployed. I'm at my wedding. I don't have a job. I'm anticipating picking up some orders for the guard soon. Our buddy Bright, friend of the show, um, he's like, "Hey man, he's like, you know, it's still busy season. Just hit me up if you need if if you need some work or whatever." And so I go to work for Bright for like a month, and I felt bad because I picked up more orders. And to be honest with you, as far as my skill sets are concerned, and and the types of jobs that I'm gonna be be getting, like, yeah, because of my resume and skills, like, I'm I'm gonna make more working as a lieutenant in the army than I am gonna, you know. At, a, at an alcohol production Any, facility. Exactly. And to be honest with you, at 34 years old, like I'm not 25 anymore. You know, I've already suffered a, a torn bicep tendon, which contributing factor was working in alcohol production, yep. repetitive motion injury type of stuff. So it's like, dude, as a lieutenant in the army, I get to sit behind a desk, you know? I'd also like to shout out Bright and say he is probably one of the most interesting people in the world. Stories for days and an incredible person to have a beer with or something. Yeah, yeah, dude's an absolute legend. So it is adding to his legend he employs me for like a month and then i'm like hey dude i'm sorry i've got to go and by the way i'm not coming back till 2023 and he's like, <laughs> lol what okay well thanks for the help uh but fast forward i did get him back for that like so i um they had they had a rough day coming up where they basically had to put cans that they had already packaged they had to, to tunnel pasteurize them they just wanted it to be safe there was there was a small concern it was not anything that made it out into the wild they just had a concern about it they just wanted to make sure iron ironclad but they don't have a tunnel pasteurizer so you had to drive the product over to another place on you know run them through the tunnel pasteurizer single cans so like just putting them on the conveyor belt and then pack teching them by hand on the other side it was a brutal damn right so i just pack teching just pack teching beer for friends gets annoying and that's just like like two four packs yeah so i put in a solid ass six six seven hours doing that and just did that for the good of the order for my guy bright Shout out to Bright. Yeah, Legend. shout out to Bright. Bright is Bright is uh, awesome. I got side- you meet Bright once and you're a fan of Bright. I got sidetracked. Hashtag Damn. pocket eggs. Hashtag sidetracked. Um, so the original impetus behind this story with Bright was so when I was working for him at Stormalong, I was a I'm a fan of the New England Free Jacks. They play in um, United Gillette. States Major League Rugby. They don't play in Gillette. They, they play at Gillette Stadium, don't they? No, they play at uh, Quincy. Oh, they play in Quincy. They don't play in Gillette. No. Hashtag sad face. No. Major League Rugby isn't there yet. But they have a really nice, intimate kind of stadium that holds uh, probably a couple thousand fans out in uh, Quincy. It's um, like, yeah. What the hell was it? Uh, God, I can't remember it. It's a 
it's not called Union Point. Oh my god, I should know this. Whatever. Anyway. Is it like a college stadium that they're playing? No, in? it's just an old. It's it's an old stadium um, that we call it. We jokingly call it like Fort Quincy because like the whole Free Jacks is like a whole colonial thing. Listen, I'm sidetracking. <laughs> Anyways, I told Bright, I'm like, hey man, I'm like they have a, a sponsor, a beer sponsor. It's a Baxter Brewing Company, and they make Free Jacks IPA. Like, dude, I was like, they they're. There's nothing there for like a gluten-free drinker. Not that that's cider's only realm, but I'm like, there's there's literally beer and seltzer. I was like, it's Free Jacks. It's the uh, the Free Jack name. Their their whole thing is about like a colonial like kind of thing. I'm like, cider has been part of the American landscape since before yep. we were a country. Like, it's hugely important. I was like, I think you guys, I think it'd be cool if they sponsored the team. Well, he just casually made mention of this to the owner of the company. And then fast forward a couple of months, he's like, "Hey, bro, like we're like I find out the team announces the sponsorship, so I call him. I'm like, dude, what the hell happened? That was like right before he was on the the podcast too. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck was that partially? He goes, I brought it up to Shannon afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And so just amazing stuff. And so now they're they're they play really sick ad right on the jumbotron. Uh, they comp tickets for the storm along guys. I'm a season ticket holder, but we were standing there at the stadium. It, it was really cool. Uh, they they freaking sold out of storm along. I wouldn't doubt it because I'm a cider fan to begin with, and that's probably some of the best cider I've had. Yeah, it's really awesome. And they and so they decided they only get one brand to, yep. to put in there. And so they put their unfiltered brand in there, which I think was an excellent move. Yep. I think they could have gone mass appeal as well. Um, but I think man. I think that's a good choice. I my I'm preference to legendary dry, but that's not everybody's style. I think the unfiltered carries to more people. Yeah, well, anyways. Really big sidetrack, but that was a freaking. It was just cool that I made mention to a friend that I'm I'm a fan of this rugby team. Rugby is still a super niche sport in this in this country. And then he just makes mention to the owner. The owner's like, I think that that would be a good idea. And then they launch in the partnership, and I'm pretty sure they're on a two year deal. And like I said, like even on um God when when the games are on Fox Sports One, they're like yep. they're like this weather update brought to you by Storm Long. Yeah, that's still pretty cool. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. And they're a really small company, but. But they have, like I said, they have some some big time champagne problems, dude. They're I'm, hard to get. But I'm I like a fan that. that they that they sell the uh, cider and the pounders versus the twelve ounce. Yeah, because you know, do twelves. A lot don't. of times you see the cider in the twelve ounce. I think, and that's why, like some beer people, are like oh, you can just drink cider. But when you you see the pie, the pounder, it's it's more akin to a beer. Yeah. Maybe not. Well, so knows? what do we got? What do we got next? So we, we, we've been we got, sidetracking. So this this can't this the whole storm along sidetrack came up because I actually went to the New Hampshire State Liquor the, the New Hampshire State Rest Area, which has a convenience store that has a craft beer selection that I know to have storm along typically, and I went looking for the new tropical one or the, apple, apple guava. Yeah, or the heritage four pack. They had okay. neither. So I'm I, not surprised. So I had to leave with, but they did have some storm along. So I was luckily able to leave with some legendary dry. And I'm like, well, I got to leave with something else. So I picked up some orange duct tape from Stoneface. And it was actually pretty fresh. This is about a week since I bought it. And it was canned 4722 with a Jackie can label wow, on the bottom. A- that's uh, fresher than these fiddlehead boys we yeah. had. And they three were, days. Yeah, and, they, and I mean, this was a week ago that I got it, so it's pretty much was like a week, week and a half out of the brewery when I grabbed it. So I've had the duct tapes before, so I knew it was something I would try, gave it a shot. Yeah. Um, 
and we're going to give it a review. Well, Just... let's harken back to Chris's bozo scale of um, completely unscientifically based. Just. Just based off of my vertical tasting musings at Mystic Brewery at 174 Mystic Street, Chelsea, RIP. Um, but I would say this beer is literally in its prime. The two, two week. Yep. Two to two to two to five weeks, two to five, like after it's completed two weeks. So basically when it's aging into its third week to the end of its fifth week, that three week window, that 21 day window for me. Yep. That's that's typically the spot, you know, everybody can slightly different timing, so you know it'll be a little off, but usually I'd say that you're good. And you and you picked this one out of the cooler, it wasn't warm. So this one was warm. I don't normally buy them warm, but I saw the date and I knew it wasn't sitting warm that long, so that's why I grabbed it. Yeah, unfortunately, like we were talking about before, it does not take very long. It can literally take as little as three days. To- you were you were correct with that, and I broke my rule where I typically will not buy warm beer, but this one because let's take the a date look- and everything. Well, let's take a look back at Fiddlehead. The does say please store me cold. Yes, yep. Because they know, man. They know. Everybody knows, and I, I will say I've had one from this batch, and it and it didn't suffer ill effects. Hopefully. So when we get to this one, um, well, that goes back to what we also talked about in our episode with Seth, where if you package properly and there's only there's only so much dissolved oxygen that's going to get in there, yeah, and it's just at the rate. So what is that beer? So this is what we were talking about. Like even after it's like seven months old, like it's all right now it's fully oxidized, but then there's a lot of other stuff going yeah. on there. But like once it's fully oxidized, so it that it is what it is. And that's the one of the reasons to minimize that damage. That's one of the reasons I like to pour my beer in a glass because. A lot of times when you pour it, just the color alone is going to tell you that the oxidation is there or not. Yeah, that's true. If it's gray, yeah. All right, Alan's going to crack this thing. I was taking a sip. We had a little... I do like that it's got the black pull tab for a little color contrast. Yeah, that is really cool. I like how, you know, listen, any little detail that plays around with the cans, um, you know, I think that breweries having a little bit of fun you know, with the label, it's a clear backed label, which I thought was really cool. Not a full wrap. Yeah. Not, not a fan of the not a full wrap. I like the full. I do like the piece. top to the bottom. It's it's not quite the full wrap, but I do like the whole duct tape series they have with its. You know, you can get a kind of cool label out of it. Um, they have several now. They they only had a couple for a while, and they just came out with the third version of duct tape. And literally, it's it's one of those beers, you know, they have the same base and they change the hops. All right, so 8.2% double IPA. I can find Se- Ooh, I like right. how the, look at this, sediment on bottom is normal. Yep, I know that. But yeah, I like that. Jackie Can 4.7 double deuce. And this one is, so if you've had the hop before, you can normally taste it. It's Lotus and Citra. Yeah, smells very vanilla slash. Lotus is like a sweet tasting hop. Yeah, it's got a note of vanilla and citrus yeah. on there. It's got that creamsicle vibe going, man. It, it looks like a, it looks like another rinse and repeat IPA. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, pick let's pick something and put it with citrus, kind of the feeling. I'm gonna actually while we're talking, I'm gonna kind of look to see what the other versions are. So they just came out with green duct tape. And do you want to guess the hops and green duct tape? Hold on. Uh, so this one was Lotus and Citra, red, orange duct tape. So green duct tape. I don't know, Alan. So Nelson Sauvin, Amarillo, and Citra. 
Yes. And then yes. they also then they also have the pink duct tape, which I believe has Citra as well, but I don't want to say that. No, 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 yeah, go on. You click it, find it. No, it doesn't. It does not have Citra, oh. but it has Galaxy, Yukonot, and Vic Secret. Yukonot mm, is my literally least favorite hop. I hate that hop, but okay. So, so my least favorite can be oh, what the fuck is it? Listen, man, I hate, I hope we don't ruin thing beer drinking for people, but I, I swear to God, once you understand the hops that are in these and there's the, the, the types of combinations that are there and the amount that you're drinking from Galaxy Wonder- Citra, Mosaic, Mosaic Citra, Citra Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. We've been, we've said it multiple times. Like, as soon as you realize that and you get out there and you're just like, man, this is, I'm drinking the same beers everywhere. They're That's why similar. I just don't but they're not 100% the same, but you're getting the same flavor profile. And if you like the flavor profile, then you're going to like it, but mm. there's variety out there, so you can try some different stuff. I don't know, man. I just look at it, it's like, if I was a brewer here, I'd, I would have been like, yeah, man, I'm not really being that creative. I'm just doing stuff that sells and letting the marketing team like do it. But hey, man, people are having jobs over this. People are are, are set free from this. I, you know, He's not a friend of the show. Was a friend of mine, shall remain unnamed, but he oh. completely he completely changed his whole career, man. And and he's yeah. been doing this now for I think almost seven, eight years. He's he's close to a decade, and he completely blew up a very high lucra- high paying lucrative career to do this. And he's you know to brew beer professionally, and so it's pretty awesome for him. So my least favorite hop, Sabro. I think we should make a Sabro you cannot. I beer. hate fucking Sabro. I hate the coconut. Well, let me rephrase that. I hate Sabro when you're going for the coconut flavors it can put off. Yeah. This one, it's it's the Lotus, because if you don't like Lotus, you're not going to like the beer. No, it's not the Lotus. Well, it is the Lotus probably, but it's got that. The Lotus gives you that. It's like the sweet taste. You're having that that sweet tart feel of like those sweeter flavors mm-hmm. and especially after you've had something on the dank side right before it this isn't going to stand up to it and it's i if you put these two next to each other i'm going to take the fiddlehead yeah knowing what they taste like yeah i don't i don't mind this beer i've bought this beer several times in the past but it's you know if you could crack a four pack and a half that'd be enough for me all right well i hate to rain on the parade but i'm going seven two it's well done i like it i actually think you're right in a fair score for this yeah i think seven two you know i actually wasn't even gonna give it a seven two i'm going seven one on this one and i'm a fan of way to undercut me bro (laughs) i was gonna say it's it's not better than the fiddlehead ipa in my mind and you know it's it probably should be based on I buy it more. I'm changing the record. I'm owning it because I own the record, and I'm changing your score to seven point one seven five. So you're exactly point two five. Point two five. Sounds good. That works oh, for me. Man. God, I do like the beer. It's just it. Lotus. It's, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's. I don't think Lotus and Citra are friends. Is my my opinion. Yeah. 
I mean, hey, listen, IPAs sell. IPAs are all the craze. There's so much marketing. There's so much grassroots support, like friends and everything else behind them. I've been on my IPA game since 2008. Get at me, Wolf. I turned 21 in 2008. So I've been on the IPA game for over a decade. Yeah. Um, I just thank but, God I didn't wasn't in college turning 21 when this shit came out because oh I could God, not afford yeah. this. Yeah, it's terrible. But, like, I will just say, like, and and I think we'll we'll start to close up the episode on, on this and it'll segue nicely into our hopefully planned next episode very soon here. But I, I will just say that like a local haunt that can create multiple different styles and everything's really good, that's what's really been turning me on lately. Like I can just go to a place a couple miles from my house, sit down, and I can get a whole gamut. Yeah, I don't mind places that have like ten IPA taps, a brown ale, and then a, and then a Kolsch. <laughs> so I'll say, so I'll say this is this might the last brewery, not this the last one I went to, the brewery before this I went to, I went down to Channel Marker, and if you haven't been to Beverly and hit up Channel Marker, it's a tiny spot, super small. They specialize IPA sours, but they get stouts, usually Pilsner or some other thing on. On draft, super friendly people, tiny, tiny. Um, everything they produced was freaking awesome. Uh, we just happened to, I just happened to drink them all before we got to a review on them. So we'll have to have that again another time. Well, that's what happens when we take a month off, Alan. We just, you know, that it's first world problems. Yeah, we really do have a lot of problems. Hey, consistency. We'll just keep getting after it. You know, we're just going to keep it on drinking our beers. We're looking at maybe probably doing um, video segments, yeah. maybe shorter, maybe shorter videos where we're just like, hey, so you get to see the beer and rate it. Um, I I don't know. We're, we're trying to like nail down a good setting so we can get a good view. Um, but look for the videos coming soon. I'd say the next episode or two. We'll probably trial one, see how it looks, and then put the one we like out to you guys. Yep. So on that note, Alan, you got anything else? No, I'd just say just keep on trying new things, drink what you like, and don't let anybody talk down to you. Yeah, and uh, all you MFers training for the Stein holding comp- competitions, I hope you're training hard because I am, and uh, I'm going to stare you right in the eyes as I beat you. I'm going to make Chris hold it in his torn bicep arm so I can defeat him. Listen, I'm going to stare deep into these people's eyes and take their soul because as they are spilling everywhere and dropping their beer and just hanging their head in disgust and defeat, I'm going to walk right over to their girlfriend and be like, hey, man, this is what a real man looks like. And then when I'm done, I'm going to chug the beer in like under five seconds and just flex on them. <laughs> and then Chris I'm gonna is going to be the distraction why I win the contest. Yeah, maybe. that's That also is a strategy. But <laughs> just throwing it out there that don't think that – don't think that brand new daddy's sleeping on nothing. I'm like Rocky Montage He's, up here. Training. I've actually seen a picture and a video of him holding his child with one hand like a Stein. That may or may not exist. Listen, I'm training hard and I'm coming for you. Oktoberfest festivals. We got like four or five months left. There's some that come up in the summer too. They have some Stein horse things in the summer. Yeah, whatever. But we'll dude, have the real we, ones. Yeah, I'm going for the real ones. The real belt. Those are like the prelims. We're those not. We're not losers. talking these little 12 ounce steins. We're talking the big boys. Listen, I want to get an actual belt made and hide it from everybody, and that way, and then I want you, as I win, like Dana White style, to like put the belt around my waist and be like, and new. 
<laughs> if we make the belt nice enough, I'm going to try to defeat you. And as my fiance says, I will let my arm fall off before I quit. Listen to me. That's fine. Your arm will fall off. Your glass will shatter. And you'll just walk away a loser without an arm. Like, that's fine. Completely fine to me. Sounds like a challenge. Listen, we're, beat, we're beating the side. E- either way, whoever taps out first is going to talk shit to the people that are cheating. Yeah, well... All right. Well, I have a lot of other stuff to say, but it's not going to be on. It's not going to be on the mic. <laughs> Good call. All right. All right. Later. We out.